Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome in those of you who hung around and watched some basketball tonight. We are doing the Tom Brady Retirement Show Part 2 right now. Um, yeah. Bob, no, we're not. Off the air. <laughs> I know. Off the air we were. On the air, we're here to talk about the Celtics. Uh, though uh, Evan Lazar and I were on uh, Patriots Press Pass earlier today talking about the Brady Retirement News as it was unfolding and changing and getting interesting. But... Nonetheless, we're still confident that Tom Brady did, in fact, retire. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Marcus Smart minutes versus Dennis Schroeder minutes, and that's what it's all about tonight, Bobby. Yeah, um, so let's start it right off the top. Well, <laughs> let's waste no time. It was kind of dull. We, yeah. we had a mini smart debate, and listen, this isn't Celtics postgame show without a smart debate last night, but it wasn't the same without you, and the viewers were actually missing you quite a bit. For I felt like the, first, the first time, time ever. ever. Yeah. I don't believe you, Bobby. I think they missed me before. <laughs> So we'll get into it tonight. Obviously, we get our guys down in New Orleans. But once again, let's just start right there. Why not? That's the only interesting thing. It's honestly, it's the only interesting yeah. thing. And I know what you're going to say, and you may know what I'm going to say, but it doesn't really matter. The truth is always somewhere kind of in the middle. Um, and I know, so I'll let you go first and take your little Marcus Smart victory lap. The reality is, for the game, they played a JV lineup, which was great um because they needed to get right and they did so you're not going to fault them for going out there and drilling these guys you get tatum and brown with their 30 spots again just like they had against sacramento and rob was friggin all over the place again but mm -hmm. no matter despite rob the three despite the fact despite the fact that rob williams had a monster game uh and tatum and brown scored like eight, 70 points combined we're going to make this the Marcus Smart versus Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder show yet again. Yeah, and it's it's easy to because the minutes swung along those lines in, in many ways, I thought. Like the Pelicans storm back into the game during those bench rotations. And it's not just Schroeder. I thought Richardson's had a few rough games in a row here. Uh, the whole second unit rotation, especially in that Atlanta game, just killed them in the first half in this game and in the Atlanta game. So you ended up with a lot more structure, I thought, in this game, not only due to Smart's defense, which is just kind of an obvious at this point, but against the zone. And that's one of the scary things about this one. And every time they've gone against the zone this season, all the way back to the 2020 Heat series, is their ineptitude against a 2-3 zone, uh, not being able to find driving angles, as he may talked about pregame. But Smart, he goes out there, he mans the high post, uh, gets to all the right spots against it and produces some easy looks against that zone. 12 assists here in this game. So his organization to me, I don't really care what the stats are. It could be five assists. It could be 12 assists. It could be 15 points, five or zero. Just the way he structures things out there, I think, is so important. Yeah. And you just don't get that with Schroeder. Schroeder I, can I, have those big scoring nights, but what they need are the things Smart brings. I know, but you say that, but the, the, the numbers don't – that's the problem in the in the argument here. It's Smart against a – there's not – it's not a fair fight ever because what happened tonight? Smart's playing most of his minutes with Rob, Jason, and Jalen who are literally just – Friggin' blowing it up. I mean, they're they're out there and they're unstoppable forces. And then Schroeder plays in a mixed match lineup. You're sitting here. If you, it's not comparable. But when you look at all of the metrics right now, the the best three players on the Celtics are Jalen, Jason, and Rob. The net rating with them on the floor with Schroeder and on the floor with Smart 
all season long is identical. Schroeder, when he plays as a starter, has ridiculously good numbers and the team runs effectively. When he plays off the bench, he's less effective. It's not super surprising when these guys are both in here, when their minutes are separated and Smart is playing with the starters and Schroeder with the bench, there's a massive disparity. But I mean, a lot of that has to do with Smart's playing with the far better basketball players. The drop-off from starters to bench is so severe. How can it not be lopsided? That's kind of what I'm talking about. I don't understand how people miss that in the in the conversation. There's empirical evidence to support it. They're about the same when they start, and they're about the same with the best players on the team. I think on the offensive end, sure. Now, but Schroeder I mean, gets... You see the massive disparity in the ratings. The offensive rating with Schroeder and those guys is 12 points higher, but the defensive rating is 12 points higher also. So, I yeah. mean, obviously, it's a different game, but it's a matter of just what it does, it's a different kind of, he plays a totally different style. So then it comes down to what style do you want? And obviously you like the settle that, and there's no question. Marcus does more things to settle things down. He's not looking for his shot first. And if that's what you want, absolutely. That's a better option. It's just when it depends who they're playing with Schroeder in that bench unit, He's had horrible games there when he gets relegated oh, to the bench. He's shooting horrible. like mid-30s percentage-wise the, 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 the number swing is huge there. So and listen, you had mentioned that, yeah. that was supposed up, to be Joseph? his role on this team. I mean, that was it, the understanding coming in that he was supposed yes. to produce in that role. So if he didn't have all of those opportunities to start, you'd probably be talking about a pretty rough season for Schroeder. Yeah, it was bad. Um, it was bad. Um, but the other, smart, the other Marcus conversation is not – any Marcus conversation that's had is not, is Marcus Smart the best point guard they currently have? It's, do they need a better point guard than Marcus Smart? That's the argument. So it doesn't matter on good games, bad games. People who believe it continue to believe it, and people who don't will continue to not. And that's kind of it. So you're pointing to a series of numbers that lack context. Uh, and that's always kind of the problem with the debate. Rather than doing a scorecard of one good game, one bad game, you know, when Marcus plays bad, people are flipping out. Get him out of here, trade him. He's the problem. When he plays well, see, he's the point guard. We can't ride these swings back and forth. The idea is you've seen enough of him to make a judgment at this point. Is he your guy? And again, I want, we're going to get into the article today because that was one of the more interesting things. But let's give Joe Sway a chance. He's there. He's in the court. He's reporting from New Orleans. Your thoughts on the game? And we smoothie, already started on the Smoothie King stuff. Arena. Yeah. Is that smoothie. what it's called still? Yeah, yeah, it's still what it's called. It's a little, yeah, little yeah. rowdy right now. They got a, they got a little um, post game fan thing going on. So hopefully they uh, end end soon. But yeah, I, hate I mean, that. overall, <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know, some franchises, <laughs> have, some franchises have to do it, man. Let me tell you, uh, real quick before I start. Uh, out of all the arenas I've been to, man, tonight, this is the quietest I've ever heard of. It's bad, it got, man. It was really bad here. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been isn't here. Isn't it? A couple, isn't Atlanta couple pretty years. bad? Atlanta was rocking. We were talking Atlanta about Atlanta is that. like a club, bro. What do you yeah. mean? I know there was that. I just mean for in terms of interest for the game. You know, I, I've always, I've oh, every, yeah. every every Atlanta venue I've been in, and I've seen multiple sports there. I view them as the worst. Yeah. You know, you, you know what? Actually, that's a good the worst. Foot, it's the only football crowd. This is that's anyway. Go ahead, Josue. No, I was going to say honestly, just you know what you were just saying. You take away the five game winning streak going into it. I'm not quite sure they'd be that rowdy. You know, so that that had a lot to go to, to do. Fair enough. Too. Plus they're you they're know, a fun team. Healthy. Yeah, exactly. They're a fun team to watch. And the, the injury sort of, you know, as we all know, uh, has, has knocked off their season a bit. So now they're sort of picking up momentum. And, um, yeah, you know, they, they they beat the Celtics, obviously. And the Celtics bounced back, I thought, in a good way because of Tatum and Brown. You know, I, I just think that was the story in this one, uh, that, that their offense allowed the Celtics to control the pace a bit. Um, I thought they did a good job of coming out in the second half and, and showing the Pelicans a little bit of their, you know, other guys getting involved, you know, the, the way they were able to pass the ball around. Um, I, I thought that when the Pelicans did get momentum, he may made some really good timeouts, and you saw those ATOs coming out of the timeouts. You know, I, listen, Tatum and Brown, when you have those two guys playing the way they did, you should win this way, right? This should probably should have won by even more. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is just where this team is at right now. They're just still trying to trying to you know, find momentum over and over again, even though it felt like those uh, – the, the, the two games in a row, actually, you know what? It didn't feel like it was like a turning point. That's not what I meant. I mean, like, after those two games in a row, you felt like there was going to be a change in their offense. And yeah. Minus the Atlanta Hawks outing. I, I think we've seen that thus far. But we want to see more of it, and obviously consistency. Yeah. Uh, people want to know about the bike, Josue. That, uh, that, a couple yeah. of bike sightings, I heard. That bike was pretty far away. 
It was. It was like buried. Sherrod, did you no, see it? I was trying to find it. And Zan is, I think, I think Zan, you found it before I did. You found it before I did when you tweeted out that picture. <laughs> well, the broadcast had him on it twice. And it was inadvertent. They were just talking about him doing well. And so they wanted to go to a cutaway. And naturally, you know, this is how you produce television. You talk about a guy, you're looking to find him on the bench. But since he's not there, they're like, oh, <laughs> shit, move the camera. Where is he? You know, oh, oh, oh. He's over here. And he's like behind people and squeezed into a corner. It was a tight spot. Anyway, uh, Sherrod, first... tucked. Yeah, tucked. yeah, tucked away. Sherrod, impressions of the game as you join us. Tatum, Brown did what they do. Nothing special about this game. Shooter was especially horrible tonight. But this is one of the <laughs> That's where we started. Yeah. yeah. But uh, again, t- to me, th- this game was a reminder of why Tatum and Brown, we talk so much about those guys and what they can do and what they can't do and all that, but they don't have a hell of a lot behind them. Right. This was a night where those guys should have been playing. You know, they should that have had a play. stinks right now. Oh, my lose. Lord. Yeah, I mean, you've got Grant, who is solid. But, again, he had he wasn't, I think, very good tonight. Uh, jo- Josh Richardson, who's usually pretty good, I didn't think he was particularly uh, good tonight. Marcus Smart had a great game. I mean, 11 assists is tied to season high. But for the most part, it was the Tatum Brown show. What if, and what Rob. If we, and, and, again, and Rob. What yeah, have Rob we learned, too. guys? What, is, what, is this, what have we learned with the bench players? When they play – this is the problem of full health – when they play exclusively with bench guys, they suck. When they play, yeah, but there's Scar- some staggering going on. I mean, man. no, look, look at Grant when he's not out there playing the 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 four or even the small ball five in a lineup that has Tatum and Brown and Smart. He, his his numbers crater when he's out there in that Schroeder Richardson lineup. He's far less effective when Schroeder, as we said earlier, is just running with the bench. As we said all season long, Schroeder as a starter has been excellent. And overall metrics of the team have been pretty good, similar to what you have with Smart. Schroeder on the bench is awful, and we know that that's what he was supposed to be. Grant is almost invisible some of these times on the bench when he's not getting starter run minutes. Um, it's really – Well, it's a Tatum thing, right? It's really tough, right? Uh, and right now the bench, if you just took five and five, the next five is really – you know, the, the five through ten on this group on their own is rough. So the rotation right now for a little going back a little while is sort of uh, Tatum and Brown obviously, and then they alternate, the yeah. And then Brown actually is leading the bench unit quite a bit, going back about a month or so here. And those that rotation, that staggering right there, doesn't always work all that well to me. I don't see Brown commanding those units with great poise. He's aggressive in his own scoring game, and he, he has cracked open yeah. these defenses over the last couple of games here, but he's not a guy who's going to actively involve much of the bench around him. And Schroeder, you know, he's a good passer. I think a lot of his assist action early this season, as you talk about, John, comes from playing with better finishers and more active offensive players there. But you see him too. Like when yeah. they're out there together, these aren't guys who can effectively involve others. You almost want to see smart out there staggering with the second unit. <laughs> Honestly, <too. laughs> that would help. That's the strange thing is like, that the, the combos are lacking, right? It, it, no yeah. matter what, and this is why we talked about earlier in the year, um, mix and match some, just because you need to come up with combos that are going to work at other stages of the game, and that's why we always said insert Grant into that lineup. Definitely don't play Smart and Schroeder together. Um, leave some juice for that second unit so they can operate in a bit more of a functional level. Uh, and and they don't. And you end up playing a, sh- a ton of starter minutes, even in a blowout game against a JV yeah. squad. And now Horford, too. On a back-to-back on top of that. Second on a back-to-back. Uh, there was the last back-to-back. I remember he played Tatum like 40 in the second one. You know, like, it's it's a problem here. And you They're getting fi- super thin here midway got to figure year. it out. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's the identity of this team. I mean, obviously, I'm, <clears throat> this is stating the obvious, right? When Tatum and Brown play like this, they're a much different team. But when you don't see one of those guys, you know, feeling it, like, I don't know, last last night against the Hawks, Tatum had a slow start. You, know, you have to have those other guys, those options three, four, and five, that you can lean on. And the Celtics just don't have those guys because you don't know who three, four, and five are yet. You know what I mean? Some nights it could be, you know, even smart sometimes can come up big, right? Or, or Grant. Grant has a couple of games where he's – Feeling it from from deep and, and and he's got things going, but you can't constantly rely on that because we're not quite sure we're going to get it every single time out, you know. So I, I just think at the end of the day that the, the, these rotations, 
and, and what Ime is trying to figure out here, it's like, who, which, which team is it? You know, like, what, what's this team going to be like in a week from now or two weeks from now, of course, leading to the deadline? Yeah, especially when you're looking at moving facilitators, Schroeder in particular, that you don't have many. You know, it felt like to start this year, you had a number of guys right. who could set up offense. Pritch, it it's, feels like Pritchard's in the doghouse right now, you know? I mean, yeah, maybe Pritchard disappeared. Harsh, Romeo. Romeo strides at this I, point. I gotta ask. Oh, I gotta ask a Sherrod here. Is this the day you're selling your Romeo stock? No, no. I'm still. I'm, but John, I am like right there on the cliff. I've got my hand in the wallet. Sixty-five seconds. He's caught. He's texting his. He's texting his guy. He's got like, oh, trust I me, mean, man, you don't want to sell. Don't want to sell you. This yeah. was bad. It's this, Saturday, it, Sherrod. It's getting, you know, wait till Monday. It feels like it's getting progressively worse. Oh, so I, you know, it's so we depressing. We haven't even talked about Neesmith either. So I mean, geez. I, I can't anymore. You know, <laughs> I don't even go. know what to say. <laughs> yeah. I am still, I still believe playing the kids. Had they done it over a period of time, if they committed to it last year, you'd have guys you could count on. Obviously, you. It's so hard to get Neesmith. Is so hard to count on. Um, just because again, he's. Still the guy who just looks at you. But Romeo, you've seen at times. I mean, a few games ago, he had one of the better games. And then they got healthy. And Ime sent him into Siberia again, which was stunning to me. And since then, you just haven't really gotten a lot. You got you got a good effort from the last game, too. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And he's a guy who And then going out it. with a heel. This is, like I said, come on, my man. Like... You got to recognize, like, you're not in good standing. Like, yeah. you know, you're not. And and Ime had those comments earlier when he was clearly talking about Rob. And and uh, I'm sure Romeo was there, too. And the comments were something in the line of, some people got to learn to kind of play through some of the bumps and bruises. And I've talked with Rob about that and others. And others is obviously Romeo there. So, like, dude, that thing, you got to be, that thing has to be about to be amputated for you not to play. Get out there and play <laughs> basketball, man. You had a weird hurts. moment, too. It was the end of the Kings game, and he was out there in garbage time, and he took a tough spill. I don't really know what happened. And he was getting up off the ground really slowly, and Emei's just kind of looking at him, and he's, like, walking back on offense. The game ends, and Romeo just kind of, like, stormed right, through, right to the locker room past Emei while everyone was celebrating. It was just a weird, weird moment to cap that game off. Yeah. I... I I don't know what's going on with him he right now. He needs some bike time. Uh, because he if they dump off some veterans here, like it feels like they could, he all of a sudden is going to be a pretty prominent member of the rotation, even in a facilitating role, like I, t- I was just mentioning there. Not many guys who are setting up offense. He at least has the skill set to start to do that some more. And he, he just doesn't feel all that involved right now. And you talk about the injuries. That's been a thing with him forever, John. I, I don't know. I've never his, been a big Romeo guy. His I really career haven't. is hanging in the balance. Like, I mean, he's got to he's got to figure this stuff out, man. Well, I don't I, know. I mean, Ime said post game it was Achilles thing. We'll say. Yeah, I'm not so sure it's his. Just wait, did the friggin' party bus career. just let out? <laughs> Good. I'm gonna mute you there, big guy. Go ahead, Romeo, go ahead, Gerard. I don't think it's as much his career as it is his career in Boston. I mean, he's young enough and he's shown enough promise where if he flames out here, someone is going to keep him around. He's a guy that, minimum, he's going to be in the league another four or five years uh, because of all the potential and upside in his youth. But, damn, um, I don't. this was painful. Watch. We're going to find out afterwards he freaking tore his Achilles and we're going to feel bad. But, again, it's a cry wolf situation. He's just gone out with these little nicks and bumps and whatever. Um, and it's just, man, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, I do feel bad to talk about it until you know what it is. But if he shows back up and plays in the next game, it's like, well, listen, he may talk how, how, about ba- it. how bad could it be? You know, there's been a couple where he's like out for like, leaves the game, doesn't come back and then plays in the next one. You probably could have just played in that one. You know, like you're either injured where you need rehabilitation and rest and time or you're hurt, which means play it's hurt versus injured. It's, it's, it's two different things. All right, just want to remind everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. 
new year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code CLNS50 to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Once again, that promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Yeah, you had sore neck with Romeo and sore toe with Rob at points during this year. Yeah. Listen, I'm sure it hurts a lot, <laughs> but I, I, it, it is part of the job sometimes playing through pain. Yeah. Uh, it is indeed. Uh, other observations for tonight. Uh, guys, we'll give you a bite at the apple because we started it. You know, it, it's an obvious thing that people are going to talk about. Uh, and Sherrod alluded to it briefly. But I mean, you have the smart minutes uh, and you have the Schroeder minutes. I do think, again, not in defense of Dennis Schroeder. I thought Dennis Schroeder was awful tonight. And I thought Marcus Smart was really effective. But Schroeder running with that second unit is bad. Um, and the smart minutes are always going to look better because he's out there with Rob and Jason and Rob all the, I mean, Rob and Jason and Jalen all the time. And that, and sometimes Horford, sometimes whoever they've decided to close with, but it's always better supporting cast and it's always going to fit better. But you um, know what, John, here's the thing though. I mean, there were stretches where he was out there with Tatum and he screwed that up. I Schroeder mean, had an awful game yeah. tonight, but I mean, over the course of the season, he yeah. has played well with the starters yes. uh, tonight. He but was it seems a, he's gotten progressively worse as we've gotten deeper into the season, though. And I, don't, I can't a, understand why that is. He was on a Jalen J. Rich lineup tonight that didn't quite work uh, there. I just there's just some funky things that aren't that aren't working for him. Uh, and yeah, it's I mean he had a string of games where Smart was out where he was scoring a ton. Uh, but you know the record was spotty smart comes back he's relegated to the bench he's had a series of not great games it's kind of been the story this year he just has not been great on that bench unit which is a bummer because that's the point he got brought in but smart's so much under fire right now so let's let's talk about him he has a conversation today uh the other day uh with uh with the athletic and gives another series of comments it's the second time this week he's talked about um like himself you know, the first one is how he volunteers information that he told all of his teammates he loved them, which was odd. Um, and then it wasn't really followed up by anybody on the team. And then in this interview, he starts talking about, I'm the point guard. Everybody doubts me. Even Emei doesn't really think I'm the guy. It was kind of strange. Uh, you know, impressions overall on just kind of how he's been acting and talking here about him and himself. It's almost like he's auditioning for a job he already has, trying to prove to people that he's the right guy, um, hoping to stick, maybe fearing that he might be on the way out. I can't quite get a read on what's going on with Marcus right now. I think I think that there's, there's, there's something to that. You know, Marcus, first of all, he's always been someone who has found ways to motivate himself, even yep. if there's not. And this is, to me, this is one of those ways. Uh, but I also think that there's some truth in him feeling as though he has to prove himself to guys that he technically shouldn't have to prove himself to. I mean, when you look around at this roster, you look at their guard situation, he is their best playmaker, regardless of what fans believe. And does that mean he's a great playmaker? No. But when you look at this roster and you look at their backcourt, he's that guy. So with that knowledge, he doesn't just want to be that guy. He wants to be the guy that these guys believe in. And I think that he's at a, he's in a weird spot because of his contract, because of the trade deadline, because the team has been underachieving wins and losses, that a lot of attention is going to be focused on what can we do to make this team better. And he's someone that has a lot of, frankly, transferable skills where you could see someone saying, we need a guy that's a little bit more bent on defense and we'll give you someone who's a little bit more bent as a scorer. And so I think Marcus, you know, think I know Marcus wants to stay in Boston. That I do know for a fact. But he also is smart enough to know that anything and everything can happen. Is that going on behind you, Sherrod? Because Josue's muted. Is there some action? There's nothing going on behind me. There's how literally I, a wall. Josue, how am I hearing this through you right now? You're on mute, it's right? It's so loud that it's breaking the mute. It's there's breaking. Some people, there's some people in front of me who are shooting, and yeah. it's a lot. And I guess. Could be Pelicans players for all we know. I mean, the way these shots are just clanging off the damn backboard. Yeah, um, Zion, Zion's getting some workout now that now the arena's clear, so he doesn't want he doesn't want to be seen. Zion is 
thousands of miles away. The uh, can't the, be far enough. Th- did you say thousands of pounds? Oh, you said thousands of miles. Sorry. Yeah. But the smart stuff, I, my read on it, Josue, is um, yes, I totally, I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, uh, uh, Sharad. The uh, the self motivation thing is always there. He's been friggin' motivated by the Garden Report, you know, like we know he's looking for reasons. He's, he's uh, been that way. Kendrick Perkins, career. of course, uh, chip on the shoulder guy from the get go. Guys like that exist, and it's great because, you know, they're. It, it fuels their hate fire and that gets them going. We, we talked it, about this yesterday, John. Uh, how do you feel about the, Oh, we'll, we'll stay on this. No, no, really quickly. That. But yeah. the thing in this one, and we all kind of talked about it. We all agree a little bit. It's almost like he, you know, what strikes me about the comments recently is no one's come over the top and been like, yeah, like, oh yeah, Marcus told us he, he loves us. And we said, we love him too. Or Marcus, there's a lot of heat about Marcus being the point guard. Like he's absolutely our guy. We love him where we love it when he's leading us out there. He keeps us together and he keeps us calm. There's not a lot of doubling down on what Marcus himself is saying about himself, which is weird. And we talked about that with Brad last year, no one's getting Brad's back. It kind of feels like no one's getting Marcus's back or not in a big enough way right now. So I wonder if he's kind of looking around the room, like, did I kind of, go too far with some of this stuff. Maybe the criticism of the Jays wasn't great. Did I lose? Did I lose them? Did I lose them somewhere? Joshua, you're kind of nodding. Yeah. And that's too bad if that's, if that's happened because he, what he said, he spoke the truth. He was speaking truth. I I was for it because I was getting annoyed with them. I agree with you. And it bothers me if they're not mentally strong enough to handle that kind of truth from a guy who has been through the battles of being on a sub 500 team and getting into the playoffs to seeing them ascend to being a team that's, that's a game away from getting to the NBA finals. And why, why would you, why would you not embrace what he's trying to talk to you about uh, yeah. when you know where it's coming from? It's not, he, he's not grandstanding. He's actually trying to help you get, become a better but, player. And his play of late, his play of late has, I think really kind of doubled down on what he's saying. I think early on he was saying one thing, but his play was a little, wasn't really backing that up. But the last few games, I, I think he really is trying to consciously will his words into action, being but more of a pass-first playmaker. You're not wrong, Sherrod. Everything you're saying is right. But what's interesting is he still feels it. He still feels doubted. And then yeah. he delivered those comments before the Atlanta game. Then that night in the game, he, you know, he enters the game um, with the Celtics down one. He exits it after a 19 to two run where everything fell apart. And yes, there were some smart Schroeder minutes there that didn't go well at all, but neither of them got to play point guard. So when, when he's saying, I don't think he may think I'm the guy for it late later that game smarts out there with Schroeder and he getting having the offense run through Tatum again and they freaking fell apart. So he's thinking to himself, he said earlier in the year, give me the ball. Let me run it. Trust me. I'll make these guys better. Part of his criticism of Tatum and Brown was give me the friggin' ball. And then again, how many times have we seen him in a closing lineup where he doesn't have the ball in his hands? There's... Someone is ma- making that decision. So he's not paranoid. He's actually sensing it. The coach isn't giving it to me. And I don't think the players necessarily want me to be. That the guy. is exactly what I saw last night. And it's super concerning because strange, if right? If you're, if you're Brown and Tatum and you're reading and reacting to the game and you're in charge of what's going on out there. And, you know, I got a piece coming out in BSJ tomorrow that sort of looks at these fourth quarter issues that they have. And it's clear that, Ime wants them to figure out themselves. There's there's plays out of timeouts that he sets up, but overall they're not a coaching staff that micromanages these guys and the flow and ebbs of the game. You might hate that, but it's not all that uncommon in the NBA today. You know, in the chat here, a lot of people are like, why doesn't Ime fix this? It's sort of Brown and Tatum's job to steer the ship in these moments. And they seem to be the ones in these critical situations who don't defer to smart either because they don't think he's capable of it. They think they're in better positions to do these things. And listen, Ime has dictated this in some regard too, by saying Brown and Tatum are playmakers. So he is sort of relegated smart to at least somewhat of a secondary ball handling role. But when you're Brown and Tatum and you see what smart did in that third quarter yesterday, where I thought he was just awesome. You have to make that decision to look at him and say, all right, we give him the ball. He might shoot. He might do something crazy. But in this game, he's made all the right plays. He's pushed all the right buttons. He might get us easier looks. We might be able to reposition ourselves off smarts, uh, passes, and movement. 
to get easy catch and shoot opportunities. Yep. And that I think is what systematically is going wrong for them in the fourth quarters. Brown and Tatum try to take control of this thing themselves or just do simple, you know, drive and kick actions where they could defer to some of their ball, other fellow ball handlers in these spots and do actions themselves to get them even easier looks. Yeah. Josue, you were nodding earlier just on the whole smart stuff. What's your take on it? Nope. Still on mute. I can unmute you. Go ahead. Oh. No, nothing's happening. No, I fully agree with you, John. I hold think on, hold there's... on. Let's see, Joe Sway, are you there? Can you talk yeah. again? You got me? Go, 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 go for it. Sorry. Okay. All right. Don't touch it. All right. <laughs> I think we're muting and unmuting at the same time, but okay. Probably, yeah. No, I was going to say, look, it all started from the beginning, okay? You made Doka put it out there and said, look, I need two captains, not one, but two. I thought that was a clear-cut message that he wanted those guys to do it. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. This is this is supposed to be their year. This is their this, exactly. this is their team now. All right. There's no Kemba. There's no Gordon. We talked about this before, right? And they didn't. So Marcus yeah, I'm with took you. the mantle. You know, is Marcus Smart is he's always been that guy. If you don't want to do it, I'll do it. I'm not afraid to be that guy. Okay. Two weeks into it, I'm the point guard of this team. I don't like the way this thing is going. I'm going to call you guys out. Okay. Oh, look, you had your opportunity to be captain. I'm going to take care of things now. Not to say that he has the title, but I think we all know it's sort of unofficial captain, right? It's been Marcus Smart, you know, this this entire season. Regardless of how people feel about him being the starting point guard of this team, he's always taken on that role. Okay, so you fast forward to him saying those comments. The Celtics turned things around temporarily, right? But then a lot of things happened between the injuries and COVID protocols. And all of a sudden, you know, this team is a 500 team that can't just, you know, find themselves, so to speak. And I think Marcus has been the guy in the locker room that's that's just been maybe not speaking his mind, but he's not afraid to tell people when they're not doing what, what he thinks is the, the right amount of effort or what, what he thinks that, you know, these guys are supposed to be doing. And, and honestly, I think we've reached a point where maybe a lot of these guys in the locker room, or at least some of them, maybe he's lost their, their, their you know, they're not, they're not listening to that's him. That's reporting. You know? The you know, reporting's been pretty you know? clear. And, and that... you know what? You, you talked about what, what Eme, well, what, the fact that he brought up Eme. No, he, he, he didn't say that, you know, he has to try to convince Eme. He just says that he challenges him. Which is what your head coach is supposed to do. I mean, this is your first time as the head, you know, official point guard, starting point guard of this team, and you have a brand new head coach, so you have to prove your case here. And right now, although he has improved, you know, individual as as a, as his point guard, as a point guard of this team, this in, is unreal. In contrast to last season, I mean, this team is still five hundred. And, and that's and the it problem. Isn't, it isn't this where is, they're supposed to be. When you look that at that line, and you look at you know having two all star talents and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two of the best scorers in the NBA right now. It is real unreal what he said. As a point guard, when everybody else is going scattered, you have to kind of be the one to calm everyone down. I've been challenged from Ime, everybody else, that I'm not the person, the right person in this position to do it, even though every right. time I go out there, I do it challenge. and it shows. Challenge. Not that Ime doesn't believe in him, but I'm constantly being challenged. And, and he you know, walked it back. He's like, well, he didn't say it, but it's with his actions. He's going to use that. It's he's clearly, use that he's clearly pointing to these late game situations when the ball is taken out of his hand. That's clearly what that meant. And then it happened that night, which is nuts to me because yeah. that interview was before the game after shoot around or after whatever. And that, that happened later that night again, takes the ball out of his hands. So again, whether it's email uh, or it's email kind of reading the room or email, I don't know what it is, but I think smart is now aware of it. Then yeah. And he's struggling he to kind of get it back somehow. And it, yeah. it would be a shame if it happened because he is so critical to the team in so many different ways, but some guys, just don't want to hear it. And look, the problem with smart was always not that like he, people don't think he tries hard and he fights and this and that it's the, you're, this is you what do, terrifies me. It's you do a lot of shit. We don't love too, man. So like, yeah, you, you can't hold me accountable for everything I do. That's a little bit off script when you're out there freestyling, friggin' flipping the ball over your head, trying no, to make creative to start passes, the game tonight, shooting yeah. threes. So have you noticed not just with his words, with his shot attempts, he is on best behavior right now. You know, five shots, smart corner? five shots, two shots. This is clearly something that feels like it's um, a conscious thing right now. Sherrod, he went, he went scoreless the other day. Yeah. yeah. Who, who is in smarts corner, Sherrod? Because you read, oh, Brad doesn't like him and that Mannix thing. And, yeah. you know, there's division within the front office. And, oh, maybe they want to move on from him. He's, he's out there as well as gotcha. says that, you know, his name's out there. But he's still here after all these years. And he's extended. Like that divide yeah, in the reporting is right. crazy to me. He, he's right. still here, and when he plays, you still see night in and night out the value that he brings to this team. And if I'm Marcus Smart, I'm very frustrated. 
because I'm doing exa- pretty much what you're asking me to do as far as being more of a playmaker. But And then when the game matters most, you take the damn ball out of my hands. You make me stand in the corner, something I told you guys about weeks ago, months ago. It doesn't make sense if you're not winning games this way. Why would you take the guy who is the, your best passer, your best playmaker, and basically put him in a box when the games matter most and let your two all-stars go to work? But the problem is they're better finishers than they are playmakers, Jalen and Jason. It's it's inverted, right? They have smart being a finisher. There's no all sense time. why his his role gets so diminished. If the ball's the not stretch. in his hands, he's useless in the stretch, right, Sherrod? It is. It, because yeah. he's we we it's it's known fact. He's not a shooter, particularly when you are on the floor with a Tatum and Brown who are shooters. I don't understand it, it I'm impressed that Marcus Smart has not gone total postal at some point. Because what's happening to him oh, he's handling this very doesn't well. make it I, I will say yeah. this the Marcus Smart that we're looking at in 2122 is so much more in control than the one that we saw three, four, five years ago. Because that guy was, oh, yeah. he would have snapped and then some on anyone and everyone around him. So he has matured in many respects. But I would love to see at some point between now and the end of the season, let him be your leader in the fourth quarter. Let him negotiate and navigate those fourth quarter waters where right now, that's kind of where you're losing a lot of games. Let the guy who you've been charged with being your leader do that down the stretch. It doesn't make any sense. This well, a few things me. don't make sense. This is the one thing we'll knock, e- uh, like I think with Emade, there's some stubbornness here. Um, yeah, you, that's what whether, it is. whether it's like right. the, the insistence on the double big because of the uh, because of the defense thing, or these uh, you know these closing lineups that sometimes have gone double point guards, or the ones that take the ball out of the hands of a point guard. If you, your biggest problem right now is that you know, in terms of your record in fourth quarter and the clutch numbers and this and that, you try something different, man. You know, like it's insane to keep going back to it and to keep putting the ball in Tatum's Especially hands. Especially since this is stuff you need. He's yeah. have, after the New York meltdown. We need Sink someone to swim. Us. Try it out. It's strange <laughs> need, not to. Yeah. We need someone to calm us down, Ime says. We need a we need a leader to emerge. We need someone who just makes things easier for everyone. He's not ideal, but we talk about it night in, night out. He's the best they have by far, that's, really. That's the whole that's argument. That's what I keep coming back to. He's the best you got. He's the you best they have. You don't have anything better than that. Just because you don't have a Maybach, if you got a nice you know, SUV, that's the best you got. It can get you from point A to point B. It may not be the top of the it's line. It's terrifying SUV, that they aren't able to... Yeah, it's terrifying that they aren't able to shift in this direction because they're systematically failing in crunch time and it's happening over and over again. You're not seeing the adjustments. So this is one of those things you can look at with Ime. You know, this should be some of the things that one of the things that he's able to accomplish there by using a little more of a heavy hand in these situations. I I don't know what it is about him that makes him so uh, passive and I'd say just willing to deter to the players in this spot and what they want and the main guys in the room, whether it's Brown or Tatum and how they feel about him. Because I think that is what's dictating this. I don't know what else would be. If you're going to make that pivot away from Marcus down the stretch, here's a thought. How about pivot to to your your next best playmaker, a guy named Rob Williams? If you're going to – if you're That's going the other to, thing. How do they need, box him out too? I, I, don't, I don't understand. You have two really good playmakers. Not great. They're not, they're not setting the world on fire. Like – you're not going to confuse Rob Williams with Jokic. You're not going to confuse Marcus Smart with Chris Paul. But they're the best that you've got. Why are why is their role as as being playmakers so diminished when the games matter most? And they're the two best you have at that. That doesn't make sense. It, it is strange. It's again. It's like, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't. Last make sense. night was horrible. You, I you mean, have you, to, had... you have to play to strengths. Last night was. I'm so glad I didn't do the show last night. I, I just. <laughs> you would have been pissed. You I had. just, I, I don't have it in me, man. Like you see that, and you're just like, "What the hell? What is going on?" They here? worked you know? so hard in that third quarter to come back down 15. The Hawks were playing well in the first half, and they just threw it in the trash. They said, "We're just gonna dominate the ball, turn it over like crazy, box out these two great playmakers and Robin Smart." It was despicable. It was so bad. And listen, I don't think we, you know, we've probably given more than most, but I don't think the Celtics press at large or whoever it is has given Brown and Tatum enough due criticism this year because you blame the stuff around them. You blame the coach. You blame this and that. They're the ones in control. They have the keys. If Jimmy were here, his head would snap, Bob, because we've been trying to say this for a long time. It's these guys 
are the guys and it, it and it revolves around them so they've got to be consistently good they've got to be trying to involve people to make them better they got to give effort night in night out and play in play out you see a night like last night when they're literally just dribbling into whoever and whipping the ball all over the place that is that stuff's inexcusable i'll even give marcus a pass one of the when he is in the game late like those guys are just they take the ball and they don't give it back. They're just standing around. We've they, done a lot of fair share of blaming the role Those guys have, since last year in my slices of blame pie, and everyone would say it's Danny, it's Brad. I'm always going to these guys because, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. you got to be the guys, man. You know, yeah. and we just keep finding – Jimmy has the best analogy of all. It's like – they're like people's children. There's nothing they wrong with have... your kids, you know? It's somebody yeah. else's fault. It's not your kid who's messing up at school. It's the school, you know? It's not his fault that he's not playing. It's the coach, you know? Like, it's everything is somebody else's fault. It really does revolve around those guys making the pieces around them fit as best they can. It's not perfect, but you can do more with it than they've done. 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they have no more question. help this year than last year. They do, and you know they've gotten good years out of the Richardsons, Grant certainly, uh, Schroeder's been good. You look at all these pieces that they have around them. There aren't many guys on the roster who are disappointing. Horford lately, but Rob's been excellent. He's really having just a yeah. massive leap this year. There's there's stuff to work with here. There's not a ton of shooting, and that's a concern, but. They're, this like two falling in love with the threes. That's on them as well. What well, they've done in spots. Let me there. ask uh, Josue and Sherrod. You're there. Let's let's look at the game itself tonight. Obviously, like it's so hard to uh, size this up when you're playing against a team that's already missing its best player because of you know all of his issues. Then you're without Ingram, Ingram, and you're without Valachunas. I mean, they're really. Yeah, and they're bad to begin with. So this is uh, as you know as bad a team as you're going to face. So it's hard to size it up, but. From a style point, just the way they played the game, it did seem to be more movement, quicker decisions, more aggressive uh, sort of play, certainly in the first half when they built up the big lead. Did you guys like what you saw, particularly out of Tatum and Brown, who were clearly in, like, attack mode? This was I like, love what I saw. Sherrod didn't trust it. No, I just wanted to get that out there before you said it because I remember in the beginning he was like, I don't know, you know, just, just something something about this doesn't, doesn't feel right. And then – what was it? By the second quarter, he was like, okay, you know, I, it'd be really, I would be surprised if the Celtics lost this one. But yeah, yeah I, I thought that they controlled the, the tempo and the, and the fact that uh, Tatum came out red hot, which was the complete opposite of what happened in Atlanta, right? He was 0 for 7 to start. Um, I, I think that what Jimmy was talking about last night sort of popped in my head, you know, uh, attitude reflects leadership, you know, and, and I felt like guys sort of jumped in with him and at least they could be able to control the pace. But even though that, that lead, got down to 12 and even got down to eight before the start of the fourth quarter. They never uh, lost their composure. They never got into hero, hero mode, hero ball. This game early on reminded me of really good AAU basketball where you had one That's team, right. right, yeah. you had one team that had like the top, the five-star recruit and he was teamed with another five-star recruit and they were playing a team that had a bunch of twos and threes. And what do you do in those games? You absolutely dominate you remind people why you're the best player on the floor. And I thought Jalen and Jason did that from the outset. And then Ime, you know, he did what you, you're supposed to do. You give your second unit a shot. You throw them out there. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got Schroeder with a minus 10 plus minus for like three minutes of being on the floor. Uh, you've got guys missing shots. Grant's losing the ball out of bounds. And then it's, it's just like you're still in control of the game. And then, you know, and I don't know if you guys talked about it earlier, but the damn zone offense that the Celtics run. It's and bad. It's, uh, it's so bad. I I mean, I they're so easy to stop. Pack the paint, <laughs> yeah. put a big man in there, I know. Block some shots Jeez. or run a zone. Get to the, Rob, get to the free throw. <laughs> I mean, I would. And that's I, another I would, thing. What, what does Smart do when he goes out there? He gets right to the free throw line. He knows exactly where to go. No one else exactly does. Exactly where to go. Break, he knows break, exactly where to break. go. Exactly where to get the ball. And too often, when they're in their zone offense, they're not letting him direct it. He's literally the only perimeter guy they have that has a clue about how to attack his own. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention this about Jason Tatum stats. If you guys can see the graphic on the screen, one of the more yeah. remarkable things about it. Just do the math on it. Look at his field goals. And then look at look I at three-point field say. goals. 13 for 13 in two-point shots, getting to the rim and finishing. And I loved some of the contested shots he took because it wasn't 
way out near the three-point line, setting up long step back two. It was sizing up his guy, getting to a spot, getting step, getting separation and shooting over the top. So even the contested twos were great shots, most yep. of them. Um, uh, and so, no free throws, John. Yeah, Zero. But, but he just – a 13 for 13 from two for a guy who's had a difficult time and a, and a, you know, not only getting to the rim, uh, you know, but finishing there uh, was outstanding. And again, it's a little concerning after a couple of games where you're like, is a three point shooting back to have a night like last night. And then again, tonight where he's just firing it and it's not going down because that inconsistency is still there. You really, you really want to see him turn that corner and not look back. Um, but that's obviously like an, an awesome stat for him. I feel like it was the stubbornness of the zone. I feel like he was like, no, no, not against these guys. I'm not struggling against these guys. He yeah. shot it right over guys, you know, and he was successful. You know, you saw a couple of those threes go right in back to back possessions and the, the Pelicans shot away from the, from the zone, but then they went right back into it. You know, it was different stretches throughout when they kept going love, back to it. Yeah. I love the fact that they would move the ball around. And the next thing you know, you got six, seven Jalen Brown matched up against six, three Jose Alvarado. Jose Alvarez, he just yeah. shoots right over the top. Of Alvarado. Yeah. Does it, and again, yeah. But we saw them not do that in those back-to-back games but right. against Charlotte and Portland when there's no rim protection there at all, and they still opted to take 40-something threes in each of those games. You know, and, and it's frustrating when you don't. And in this, at least you recognize, these guys can't stop. I can shoot over the top of this guy, and I can take it right mm-hmm. to the paint, and there's yeah. nothing there. So you're right. If you have that, take advantage of it. How many times do you see Tatum on a mismatch setting up a guy for a step-back three? That's not what you do with mismatches. You attack these guys but you do it quickly before the defense settles and when there's no resistance in the paint at all you have to take full advantage of it that's a great stat 13 for 13 only one other player has done that in celtics history can you guess who larry bird gordon hayward rob (laughs) our old friend gordon hayward yeah 16 for 16 in a 2019 game wow wow he did have a couple of those like 18 for 20 games i remember You know, that's crazy. It was probably against the Timberwolves. It was against the Timberwolves, wasn't it? (sighs) I still think he's what they're missing, but. (laughs) Yeah, an all-star caliber wing, that'd be pretty good. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) that sounds good to me. Um, They don't have those. Yeah, so we do have a couple, uh, you know, the the, the smart stuff, again, it's going to stay interesting because it's in the ether, but we've talked about it a great deal. Uh, How do you like the herder? How do you like the herder, Roma? Herder out there. I don't know if Atlanta does that. I don't know if Atlanta needs that. Again, Should Boston best, do that? The best thing you're going to do with Marcus if you make a mm. trade, you have the option of for the both. take a step back and build towards the future and get some assets or the strength for strength trade. From Boston's perspective, if you want to stay relevant, defense for offense makes sense. You're going to lose something, but you're going to gain something somewhere else. And can you make the pieces fit around it so overall the whole is going to be better? I don't know, maybe, but that's what you'd look at. Our, a herder, t- herder's a better defender than people give him credit for. By the way, I so was impressed th- yesterday. He's a he's, he a, he's a pretty good perimeter defender. His shots not falling at the same clip this year as it was last. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what Atlanta's necessarily looking for there. But that's going to stay interesting, um, you know. And there's something going on there, you know, that we'll talk about. But we've got two games coming up here that are pretty important um, in the next two. You've got Miami coming in on Monday. Um, that's pretty scary. And then you got, is it another one with Charlotte? Yeah. I feel like after these two games, we're going to have a good idea what you want, whether, whether you want to go into buy or sell mode, right? You've got your full team minus Romeo's heel. Um, you know, in these two, I'm sorry. I've already decided. Um... <laughs> minus his heel. Yeah, I cannot one heel, I'm, one you, Sherrod, I'm with you. I'm, it makes me sad, but I, I'm, I, I've tried, man. You and I have tried. We've tried. But, I mean, you've got your full team. You're home for two of them, right? If you – what can you do? You know? It's, you know, it's – it's it's this is it. Can you play against a team that's kind of on that bubble line that, that looks like they're a little bit better than you that beat you last week and the top team in the East? Are you in their class? Are, can you stay with these people? I think these two games are pretty important. If you lay an egg in both of them – I think you got to come out of it and, and might have to have a bit of a reality check uh, and say, maybe we look towards next year. I don't know. What do you guys think? 
I already decided. Uh, they're not going to make it. As I've already game. decided too, Bobby. I'm just wondering what they're going to decide. And Sherrod, I don't know if you have any thoughts there. I, well, just, I don't think it'll be as blatant as you put it, you know. Yeah. It should be. Pick a direction here. I mean, this is the kind of well, game well, you that and I are. Do you and I are decided. Sherrod, what do you yeah. think here? Do you think the team is looking at any of these next coming games? Are they? Is there a cutoff? Is there a somewhere in there where they say, by this date, if we are if we don't feel we're doing it, we're going in this direction versus that I direction? Think I think they're at that point now. You I think mean, so? I think they have to be looking and saying, look, we, we need some clarity on this. We, we're getting all our guys back. We've had a few games with our full group intact for the most part, and this is who we are. This is what we're going to be about. And do we want to continue on this path? Do we want to go young and, and get Neesmith and Pritchard and, and grant more minutes? Or do we want to try to get a uh, a player that can help us in the short and long term, like a Kevin Huter, you know, from, from Atlanta? I don't know what direction they're going to go, but playing a team like Miami and Charlotte gives you a better sense of where you are because you've got one team that is the class of the East and you've got another team that you're chasing to get into. And if, if you go out and get your ass kicked badly by both of those teams, that's your answer. If you're able to somehow win those games or at least be competitive, it, it gives you a sense of where you are at. But bottom line with this team, they can, it's not even about forget competitive. You've got to win these games. If you if you are seriously going to double down and stick with this crew, because if you go out and get your ass, even if it's a close game, even if you compete, that's what you've been doing of late this season. You're competing, but are you winning? The good teams find ways to win at some point. If you're not a good team, then what the hell are you playing for? This is the um, yeah. this is the I fallacy think- of the season. Go ahead, Josue. No, I was just going to say, I just think that report was uh, what was it, the Athletic? I believe uh, it might end up in them, but they're the ones that said that. Oh, actually, no one. No, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was heavy. I'm sorry. My fault. Bro. I was going to say. Yeah, Are you bro. kidding me? <laughs> yo, yo, there's so many reports out there, guys. You know, sometimes. Your I'm editor's there, on the fan. phone. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, don't kill me. Um, I believe it. I believe it. They're trying to pave way for guys like Pritchard and guys like Romeo or Neesmith. One of those two. I don't know if they're trying to pave way for both of them, but one of them, either Neesmith or, or, or Romeo. But they're not going to make it as blatant. I don't. I don't know if they're just going to do a fire sell because I don't think they want to send that message to to Tatum and Brown. Even though that Tatum and Brown, I think, are going to see the picture if they haven't already. That you know, Dude, this is sort of look, all quote the unquote breakdowns that they're having to deal with when, when Schroeder and those guys are on the floor. If you told them that that guy's gone, I don't think they would care at all. No, and Jimmy right, said this right, too. Right, but I don't think that. I also don't think that they're, they're not naive enough to think that you're going to you know bring in a, a I don't know a, a six man or an ideal weapon to off of those guys, they, they know how this business works. They know that the Celtics team doesn't have a whole lot of assets. But I also think that they're stubborn enough to think that they could be an eighth or seventh seed and still make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I do think they believe that in themselves, that that, there aren't, that no other team in the East has a tandem like them, or at least a healthy one. So then right. there's that, you know? Right. Like, if they, could, if they could get, like, to me, like, one of those sneaky good trades of a guy that people aren't really talking a whole lot about, like, getting a guy like Terrence Ross in here would be one of those sneaky good deals because he's a scorer. That's what he does. That's literally the one thing he's done anywhere and everywhere he's been. Uh, They need to figure out a way to get those type of guys in here that can, frankly, give them something that they don't have right now. And and there's a lot of things that they don't have, but that's that's one of them that I I would hope that they could address between now and the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah, That's ideal. That's ideal. Just a knockdown shooter, even if he's a little, you know, Streaky at times. That's the problem. Is everybody is wants everybody wants he is, shooting? But you, at least at least that's something that you don't have right now. Like not even close. I know, but everybody <laughs> likes shooting. You know, <laughs> I, they're not going to do that. With the Knicks. The Knicks just because of the tax <laughs> yeah, yeah. situation they're in. So I think everything's lining up. We talked a lot about it yesterday. The way the trade market's set right now, where a lot of these guys that like Boston could hypothetically do a deal with or keyed in on the Simmons situation. So I don't think it's a good market for Boston to buy in. And I don't think you string this year along hoping that you figure it out and make a run or anything like that because we just, we've seen this group doesn't have it. I mean, this is the – you feel okay about a win like this, but what frustrates me about a game like this is you scrap out a win over this awful Pelicans team and you're like, all right, we're feeling good. We're getting something going here. You win two in a row against the Kings and the Wizards and you're like, oh, win streak. But what are you working toward here? It's up and down, up and down, and we're two years into this now. You have to start to set the table for what you're going to do in the offseason and the direction you're going to take this team. And I think that 
most straightforward way to do that at this point is to do a soft selective sell. You're not going to get rid of Horford because it's there's no deal out there for that. But even if you get very minimal back, I just think you clear Schroeder and Richardson out of here because losing them doesn't kill your chances at whatever you're going to do here. And you get a bigger look at these young guys and you can ultimately move on from one or multiple of them if they don't pan out in bigger opportunities. I think that's a no-brainer. Really quick, uh, Marcus Smart talked a couple minutes ago, just some some more weird stuff. Uh, The uh, Smart was asked if his right hand is sore. Um, and he said <laughs> some more weird stuff. And he said, "Yeah, it gets like this ever since the picture frame incident. There's still some glass in there. The doctor said it would cause more issues to take out, so I still have glass in there. Sometimes I can really feel it in my hand." <laughs> oh, oh, Gerard, okay. That's what, that's what everyone screams out their following question, the follow up question right after that. <laughs> everyone. If everyone I were like thinking it. about trading for him now or before, I'm probably not going to do it now. Yeah. Do, uh, oh my God! Is is he doing this to not get traded? Listen, Yo, if, if I were him, it can't be painted and I didn't want to get traded, I would absolutely put that stuff out there. And and that's what I want to go I mean, talk to him in the hallway, man. I, I, go I know there. people who've had you know those type of injuries Damn. where yeah, where whatever fragments of whatever are he did think their- his career almost ended. Yeah, I've got some nerve damage, no big it deal. It was close. It was close. It literally almost ended his career, Bobby. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So Okay, so there's that. Love the uh, transparency. Love the transparency. Wait, where'd they? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> then then there's just another series of chip-on-the-shoulder stuff. Um, guys don't worry about giving the ball to me uh, because they know I'll get it back to them. If they keep cutting, we'll get quality shots. Um, I look forward to going out there and proving everybody wrong. There's just still a lot of that. So, um me against the wall. That helps him play better to, to think like that. Then I'm all for it. I am 100% for it. I don't but, hate it. <laughs> Here's where I'm torn on this. Wait, hold on, was, Rod, What were you saying? But, I just think it's funny because it's. Oh, sorry. No, all I was going to say was that I, if that's what if that's what he needs to kind of play at 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 his best, then fine. But one thing again that that we keep coming back to is this: they're still not giving you the keys when it matters most in the four. And there's got and I, there's no rhyme or reason why that is. Uh, and I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm a little puzzled by why that doesn't bother him more than he lets on. Or maybe it does. And he's just putting up a brave front for us. But that would bother the hell out of me if I were playing the way he like was. I said, and he takes the keys out of my hand in the four. Yeah, I almost I feel like him. it's like election season and like the trade yeah. deadline is election day. And he's just campaigning Seriously. right now for like the I'm the guy. Keep me That's here. Exactly I'm a good enough point is. guard. People like me, you know, vote yeah. Marcus. Like there's a, like it feels like it's a campaign. Everything. Yeah. Every time he talks, he's stumping right now. It's weird. Yeah. And it's almost like that the locker room is split, you know. He's just trying to convince the others. I don't know. I don't know. I, this, this Honestly, picture's... no. I think you. I think you nailed it. I think this is exactly what it feels like. That's exactly what seems to be a, be the vibe, you know, with, with Marcus right now. This picture's yeah. been being painted for a little while now. You know, is there is there a divide between the Jays camp and the Smart camp here? You know, however many people are in the Smart camp in that room, I don't know how many there are, but this is where I'm very conflicted because. This is a stars league. This is generated by the talent. And we know that smart, despite all his intangibles is a little talent deficient here. And he's not necessarily (laughs) the solution to, and you know, it's no knock. He does a lot of great things in the passing and defense areas, but in terms of the scoring and the, you know, skills of putting the ball in the net, there's a little, there's a few deficiencies there that listen, you can't turn this over. I think some of the biggest smart supporters picture this world where he has the ball in his hands all game long and he's solving all the issues. There's probably a point where there's diminishing returns in regard to what smart can do. But we also know there's something deeper going on with this group here in terms of their just connectivity and being on the same page and their direction, all these different things, even within the room, there's front office concerns there too. But I'm torn here because if they really aren't jiving with smart and, and they're and the Jays are all in on that, I don't agree with it, but don't you as an organization kind of have to notice that and address it in some I way? I don't think it's the reason it's easy for people to deny it is because I don't think they're out on smart. I just don't think they're all on board. You know, yeah, I don't think, they're, right. I don't think they're all in, but they're not like, get them out of here. It's but even not, that's a yeah, problem. It's, not a, it's not a mutiny. It's just kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. you know, it's I, like, I, I, this guy thinks he's like, 
way more important than he is, or or that he's, But you know what that means, John? They're always going to be what to do, but he's not going to change his ways. That's how yeah. Always gonna, yeah. They're they're always going to be towing this line of not fully. We've been friends for him. this long. You just got to tolerate him, you know. Like anyway, but yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know, it's part of the 500 march. You're not going to fully integrate him. You're not going to get rid of him. So you're just sort of towing this line and not really accomplishing anything. And how many games have we seen like this here, where yeah, you win, you get back to 500 or above it. But where are you going? Uh, yep. This is just another night where I feel like that, you know. And oh, yeah. man, that that Atlanta lost yesterday. I was watching this game the whole time, and even though they were winning, I'm like, "What happened last night? Oh, that was yeah. so bad." Yeah, I feel like he's definitely campaigning, John. That, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I feel like he's campaigning for everyone to believe in him, and I think that Marcus, in his own right, because of who he is as a player and as a as a person, he's thinking that he's gonna prove everybody wrong, and that 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 the ultimate turnaround is going to happen at the end of the day this team is going to be able to to say that it went as far in the playoffs than anyone else expected and that everything is going to work itself out i think that marcus truly believes that and when you have two all-stars in tatum and brown who obviously have, have, are going in the right direction right now i think he likes his chances of, of this team finding itself and finally turning that corner while the record remains 500 or hovering over it yeah. you know it's just it hasn't the story has not changed in the sense of the team's overall results. We don't know what team's going to show up on night in and night out. And yeah. we saw two great examples in these last two games, one in Atlanta and one, one in New Orleans, where it felt like it was two different teams. I want to keep them. I don't, I don't think there's many deals out there. That oh, that's you your can... final decision? All right, worry about it. That's good. No, I've always... Well, Bobby, I've you're always... on, but you're a smart guy? You're, you're a smart guy now? You just completely... You, 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 converted, <laughs> but... you just converted You back. just decided? Right. No, yeah. but... I, I welcome, wanted to... Bobby. Welcome, welcome. We got, a, we got a spot for you. We got a spot for you. I wanted to be with him. Have a seat. Empowered in the things that he does well. I, I like just, smart. I want Wick to pay tax. I want uh, more. I'd rather add than subtract. Okay, Marcus Smart taking him out of the mix without getting something that makes you better. It, it only works if you're if you've decided I'm going to build a little bit towards the future and I'm going to take a step back and take a step forward. I've always said Marcus is more valuable to you, to the Celtics than he is to someone else. Cause I just don't think his trade value is that high. I think he's good for the Celtics. The problem is they have issues that they can't solve right now. And they don't know whether Mar moving Marcus makes them better or not. It's, they're in a weird spot, man. And he's they're the only guy spot. that you can move out of the big four. I they're think. in a weird spot. I think and everybody else stays. So, yeah, it, you're not – it's the only thing that could possibly – you sacrifice what he gives you and hope that the thing you get back possibly makes you better. And that's why people talk about it. Even the people – I actually don't think there's that many I hate Marcus Smart, get him out of town guys. I think most of the people are viewing it that way who are like, trade him, it's time there's for something some. new. Well, but there are some. Nothing. That's the thing. A lot of there are some. There are some. I'm not one of those guys. I'm not. I think his values. I think we've created this mythical figure, protean figure out of Marcus Smart that isn't real. Right. But I think All he's right, got Dave. value. All right. He hasn't made this all-defensive team in a bit. We, you made that point. He's so. fine. He's good, man. He's <laughs> good. He's good, and they're I'm better with him about, on the. Yeah. I'm just thinking about those post-game shows when they were in the bubble, and John was just like. He's not a world-class defender. <laughs> Why did he wasn't. say this? The year I talked about him, he was not as good a defender, and he even admitted it. And then it was yeah. clear, like it wasn't. I wasn't making that up. Uh, he's that much was, better this yeah, year. Yeah. He's much better. Yeah. I'm bracing for them to do nothing at the deadline, and man, will that stink! I, I don't think you can afford to do nothing right now with where the team's at. You got to pick a direction here of some sort. I keep saying it over and over again, and yeah, I don't think I mild by like Ross is that sort of thing. You need something a little more future facing that actually impacts this roster for years to come. And Bobby's uh, got some yeah, but... suggestions about that on the CLNS media website. If you want to check it out, he's got an interesting trade. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I think that's the way to do a clear out. If you want to do it, we talked about it last night, so we won't go over it again, but yep. I, I think that's a good opportunity. That's all of a sudden out there for Boston. If they want to go in that direction, but it's, it'd, yep. it'd be a bold one to take. All right, guys, let's wrap it. Final thoughts here on, on this or anything going forward? Uh, keep your eyes on Marcus. <laughs> keep your eyes, yeah, keep your eyes on Marcus, especially against teams like Miami, because that's a tough out. You know, hypothetically, if these two teams meet in the in the playoffs, let's see how – we'll use this as a point of reference, right, with Marcus and the way he's been lately and the way things have sort of been – seems like a little bit of a turmoil. This is usually when you get the best version of Marcus, and that's exactly what we've been seeing. I want to see it against top-notch teams like Miami. So let's let's uh, again let's keep our eyes on Marcus. That's 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 mine.
the Heat are going to smash these guys. <laughs> they are going to knock them on their ass. Miami's been a badass team all year. I mean, the way they integrate talent in and out, the uh, Butler's playmaking. I mean, you want to see what it takes to be a guy at that level. He just watch him for another game. They're going to throw some zone at you. And we saw that one a couple years ago. Bam's out there. They're fully healthy now. They got shooters. They got versatile defenders. I don't think Monday's going to be pretty, especially when the Heat start to turn up some runs against you. But the Celtics nope. did beat them earlier in the year. It's, so. This is always the they have no chance game, and you know they're going to come out and win. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Because you know what? You like have more Phoenix, shot like making the between the two stars. That's still the, the thing win. you have on them. Look, at the end of the day, it, the Celtics like to, you know, you always had like national TV Rondo and stuff like that. Like if the Celtics are going to look at a moment and say, we got to bring it, it's here. Because you will get punked bad against the, the Heat without a top effort. They will, you cannot half-ass your way again. I mean, they you've seen the Heat could go on one of those extremely ice-cold shooting sort of day, but. Uh, you can't. It's too well coached a team, and they just have gritty guys, and they will expose you, and they'll make you look really friggin' bad if you don't bring it. So you need maximum focus, maximum effort. I hope this is one they come out with. We'll see it. We're back on Tuesday once again. Monday, to, right? Monday, yeah, rather. Monday. Sorry. Thanks to uh, Josue and Sherrod, who are in New Orleans, friggin' on the road. I hope you guys are doing something good tonight. Come on. I'm about to go for shoveling round three. I'm not doing it, man. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm going to stay here forever. I just keep looking outside. I don't want to do it. You haven't gone out once? Forget about it. With oh, the snow drifts, you, sho- you, you, you you shovel and it's right back there. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it tomorrow. Oh, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Fun show. Enjoy, we'll guys. Well, thanks for joining, everybody. We'll see you on...